Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Red roses too, I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, I see skies of blue, clouds of white. Yes. <laughs> the bright blessed days, the dark sacred nights, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Come on, Satchmo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. Happy Juneteenth. Oh, Happy Juneteenth, post Juneteenth. Um, yeah, we it, it, it was. Was this the first year it was? Federal? No, I think it was federal last year. Was that I last year? So. It was that last year as well. Okay. I mean, well, shout out to the second federal Juneteenth. Um, I know many are unhappy about that. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that in the mm-hmm. trash. But praise the Lord, niggas. How are you, sister? I'm doing okay. I'm safe. I have what I need. It is um it is a blessing to be here. Uh to be back around yes, the kitchen table always. chopping it up with my folksies. How you doing? I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Um I'm good. Yeah. It was a good weekend. I feel like good things are happening. We're going to see each other this weekend. We got plans and shit. (laughs) We outside. (laughs) Um, I'm very excited. Oh, God. That expression. Uh, It it gives me anxiety. I just. Because I be saying it. Because I was outside and I was like, ah. (laughs) No, I went outside and I like went outside. uh, And it was. Nigga. Mm. Um, But. Well chat about that a little bit more again in this trash segment um you want to give oh yeah you got to do a test and trials for the people oh yes welcome back to getting grown where we discuss the test the trials the twist the turns the temptations and the taxes of being a real life adult in the year of our lord 20 and 22 we are six months into 2022 y'all that's crazy crazy 
Today's also my half birthday. Like, I'm officially old and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. I thought about your birthday the other day, actually, because you share a birthday with. No, you don't. That's no, don't. you don't. Actually, you're two days before Basquiat. Oh, yes. You're two days before Basquiat. Oh, wait. No, you're not. Was he November? Oh, Hold my on now. Let's do this. Jean-Michel My Basquiat. Basquiat. I have to be honest. We <laughs> we went to the exhibit. Um and oh yeah, yes, he's two days after you, December twenty second. Cause when I was at the I exhibit and they showed his birthday, I was like, that's right, my sisters. Yes. Um it was a phenomenal exhibit. It was phenomenal, but and Noah had many questions and it was really nice to go through it with her and seeing that she was being intentional about what she was asking. But I did hold in a scream when we got to one of the last rooms and she said, I'm not being rude or anything, but why does he draw like that? <laughs> and I... I love that little innocent shade. It's so like, I don't understand. She's like, I don't she's get like, it. And you know, first of all, like being, being where I'm at, me and Tristan could appreciate some of the messaging that mm -hmm. he had in his pieces. Right. Uh, Basquiat was very, let me, let me give, put some respect. Jean-Michel. Basquiat, Jean-Michel, was very intentional about some of the messaging that he put uh, a little ahead of the time, but maybe not because black people have been dealing with shit, but um, some of his political messaging, uh, some of the struggles that he dealt with, um, and even some of the things that look very simplified were explained even better, right? So there are aspects, and then it's also very cultural for us, right? Especially of a particular time, but and I know his style is based upon his viewpoint of childlike innocence mm -hmm. as well, right? So that's part of it. Because it's funny, one of his pieces that was there said, I can actually draw. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually good. And I, I had to laugh. And then Noah asked not too long after that. She was like, I'm not being rude or anything, but why does he draw, draw like that? I love <laughs> But it was it was actually a really, really, really dope exhibit um, that I will go into a little bit more in Black Women Self-Care, actually. Uh, but we shall we head into this pseudo trash? Of course. Let's go. All right. Into the dreadful trash. <laughs> <laughs> Basura, basura, cha, cha, cha. So I'm going to be very transparent with you again for another week. I am wholly not interested in anything that is going on uh, in the political news, in the, um, in the social media news, news. I will say, though, I will news. say that Beyonce's coming. Well, yes. So I did have that mm -hmm. on there. Beyonce is coming. Renaissance. Yes. Four yes. boxes. 
you hoes went Did. crazy. I mean, you dumb because I don't Single even have drops. a CD player the first child. Just buying up boxes. Oh, you bought you? Did you buy all like four? a dummy? I had like I mean, such no, anxiety I that I was disappointed because it was like, oh my god, I have to buy a box, but I don't know which box to buy. Do I buy one? Do I buy four? Do I buy two? Oh my god! <laughs> if I just buy four, then I what? If, what if I miss out? And there's something in one. I'm just gonna buy them all. Like I literally, literally worked myself through that whole thing. And after I bought them all, Fair. I was so ashamed. Like I totally like what in the hell was that? No, I mean, listen, I. I, you know, I'm hive adjacent. Everybody knows yes. that, right? Like, I love Beyonce. I respect Beyonce's hustle. I think she's a fabulous entertainer. She is probably one of the artists that I have seen mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, always by accident, interestingly enough, but always a good always. time. And, you know, Black is King, phenomenal album. Still listen to it. I just think Beyonce just has, there's a a work ethic about her and a factor about her that is just unmatched, right? Um, And no, I'm not not talking about with Michael Jackson or whatever the fuck some of you people are about to do because I already know how y'all do. Because you already know how niggas do. That's how they do. But, but, (laughs) so I was like, let me just put this disclaimer out there. But, I am hive adjacent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to listen to the single. I'm probably, yeah, I'm going to listen to the single. I'm not going to go buy the box because I, I don't like standing in line on in any capacity. Like, I don't want to stand on the line. I don't want to stand on the figurative internet line. There was no line, I don't though. want to... Oh, and it well, wasn't I a situation where, like, they I don't even think they're sold out. Like, it's not like you can't. Okay. So there was no panic. Like, all the I panic that I was feeling was completely self-induced. I totally, it was totally self-inflicted That's panic. That's fair. I've never worn a Beyonce t-shirt well, that's a lie. I wore one when I needed a shirt at Crystal Jean's <laughs> house, and that's what she gave me. Um, but And that's not because I don't love Beyonce. I just don't do, run, but I, I, I respect yes. it. I think it's beautiful. I think the Hive is a fascinating, beautiful entity. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Y'all niggas be getting people the fuck up out of here. And it's Very, very quickly. <laughs> yo, be, yo like, and the power of it is crazy to me. And I love watching it. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to hear the single. By the time you all hear this, the single would have come out early yes. this morning at midnight. But as we record, the single is coming out in about three hours, four hours. Yes, and I'm trying to um, my best to stay so awake. So we'll talk yes. about it. I mean, I'm a vampire, so I'll be up. I'm gonna listen to it because I'm because I'm gonna be up when Solange dropped. Uh, when I get home or whatever the fuck, I was like, oh yeah, let me listen to it. It was like one in the morning. <laughs> let me go ahead and get. Let me give this a listen. Um, which was not a good listen at one in the morning initially, yeah. but that album grew on me. That was spaghetti. That was definitely spaghetti. The flavor it had just to got better sit with time. for a while and it stained did. the Tupperware. It yes, it, it did, and it was yes, good. Yes, it did. It stained it's, it, and I still go and listen yes. to that. I listen to a lot of Solange. Yes, um. But yes, Beyonce is coming. I did have that um, as the number one trash, uh, not trash. 
And then the second thing, in honor of Juneteenth, mm-hmm. so we could talk about that a little bit, but I wanted to, I came across a story, which I'm sure you mm-hmm. saw, um, I believe on Toya's page, actually, of a black man by the name of Eric Monty. And Eric Monty is actually, so the, the clip got my attention because he starts off by saying, Norman Lear is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, what's going on? So come to find out, <coughs> there's a black man by the name of Eric Monty, excuse me, who was a writer for Norman Lear mm-hmm. and actually claims to be the uh, the person behind the idea of um, Sanford and Son, mm-hmm. the Jeffersons, um, Good times. You, you remember all the Norman Lear mm-hmm, 70 sit- mm-hmm. black sitcoms of, of the time. It was actually written and the idea conceptualized by Eric Monty. So Eric Monty said that he actually talked to Norman Lear one day and was like, they were talking about the concept behind Sanford and Son. And he was like, you need Red Fox for this show and blah, 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 blah. And Norman Lear came and said, people are not going to watch that, mm. essentially. And then, boom, he sees Sanford, his son, is coming out with Red Fox. And so, which is which is just so <laughs> on Isn't that brand. Just the American way? Um, ooh, baby, it's the American way. It, it is the America to co-opt uh, and steal entire ideas, lands, um, and people. And so I thought that was a really fascinating um, bit of information that I learned. So you all go read and, and, and look up a little bit more on Eric Monty. Yes. Um, he is really the one responsible behind, which we should we know, should right? Know. Like the only way I could see a white man being fully the person behind the concept of good times is off the strength that if we're going to call things things, good times is a terrible show. Well, in terms of <laughs> concept. <laughs> yes, yes, that's yes. what I mean. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's terrible. And it's it's just like you know, it's it's just like white to want to highlight the struggles of a black family who are living in oppression. Yes, that would be the narrative that, right? that would be chosen you know? to amplify. Absolutely. Right. The husband don't want the wife mm-hmm. to read, you know. The oldest son ends up being a complete awful human being. Uh, I think he dated Ann Coulter for a time. That was what? wild. <laughs> and yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not JJ, but you know. Oh, Lord. Real JJ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Ann Coulter he dated. He's full-blown right-wing, like, out of his well, mind. that is revolting. So, Good Times in Concept was a terrible mm-hmm. show. Um, and this is not to match Antoinette's very... Listen. Uh, she and I had words down uh, to the Instagram. <laughs> I saw, I saw. And I said, let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm not going to say nothing else about this, but I have said my piece. I've said it and I stand beside, I stick beside it. I told her she was uh, anti-black and this was biracial shenanigans. <laughs> so um, if you want, <laughs> if you want more context to what Kia and I are talking about, go take a listen to Around the Way Curls and Antoinette's unpopular opinion slash hot take on how she thinks The Wizard of Oz is not a the good The Wiz. And all the reasons why. The Wiz. Excuse me. The Wiz. Thank you. I'm so sorry. The Wiz is not a good movie. Um, she had one point 
Diana Ross was old. This is yes. the thing. So listen. However. <laughs> listen, I think that it's fair to have <laughs> criticisms of... Yes. Of certain artistic choices. I think that's totally fair. Mm -hmm. But I think to sort of wholesale say that the entire movie is trash is a bit of a reach. I think that's a lot. Yeah, agreed. I think it's a lot. Agreed, I agree. I think it's a lot, and I, I think that I think like that you have to think is anti-black. Yes, it's anti-black. <laughs> I think there's no way because I think comparatively speaking, you have to think about these things, you know, in the culture. And I yeah. think, yeah, white people want you to say something like that, and you're just doing it. But that's fine. We don't have to dwell. We will have. May I think we will have an informed. I think we should take this to the Patreon and have around the way curls because Shanti sat up there and called her anti-black fifteen times. It's, and because that I think is what it is. And I just want her to own, right? Even if her her opinion is her opinion artistically, right? And I'm not trying to change her mind. Mm-hmm. She can have all the things She's that she wants to say about that. She's a theater background, all of that. Mm-hmm. But I just want her to Absolutely. sort of get like the bigger picture. Of why it's it's problematic mm-hmm. for her to say something like that publicly. We love you, Antoinette. You are our sister. We're going to have this conversation with the four. I of just us. I just wonder if 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 we could. Let me text her right now. <laughs> <laughs> I text her right now. Uh, Kia and I are requesting. Kia, hi, hi, joy, 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 requesting the presence. Of you and Chantilly. Um, child, I figured that out a long time ago. Uh, um, on GG Patreon to discuss the whiz. <laughs> and I mean, and I felt like, let me just say this I'm not gonna say nothing else until we have this Patreon conversation. <laughs> but her justification was that Quincy Jones said it was like polishing shit. And I said, Quincy Jones is always lying. We don't believe Quincy, Quincy Jones, Jones. is out of his mind. Huh? Quincy Jones said that, I think, uh, I don't know, Dean Martin was riding Richard Pryor's this back down I'm the seeing. hallway like, at a hotel or something. I don't which could have very well happened, but also Quincy Jones is also out of his mind. And this always man said a lying. slew of crazy things and then came back and said, do you like Brazilian music? This is what I'm so- saying. He is unstable. <laughs> the man is not well. And so I think it's like, oh, girl, if that's all you got, then you got you, you got to have more than that. And I think it's fair, like I said, for you to have your criticisms of artistic decisions that were made in the production of the movie. But we're talking bigger picture here. <laughs> bigger picture. It's when it responded. She said, <laughs> all three of y'all go gang up on me. What the fuck? <laughs> and that's what needs to happen. I said in love. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Come on, don't be scared. Don't be scared now, Antoinette. We battling <laughs> <laughs> publicly. i'm gonna tell her that i just challenged you well tell her to pray about it and get back to us all right (laughs) um but yes uh uh what else is in the trash child (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's it. Because I don't give a shit about anything else. Like, oh, Juneteenth. Juneteenth celebrations. So um, a lot of them happened this weekend. And, you know, I went to one. Did you? Yes, you did. Um, you told me that. I, well, yes, I went to uh, the layout in, Pros- uh, in yes, Fort Green Park. Yes, I saw that. Um, Asante told me that he took made the pilgrimage. Yes, Asante made the Dustin made the pilgrimage. Friend, Crystal Jean, um, Naja, uh, Dustin, Mandy, um, Dustin. Uh, all of us were in the, the, the space. Was in the was space is the place and it was great and it was a ton of beautiful black people my issue was it was a ton mm-hmm. um it was so many and many, many, you know many. i've been seeing a lot of uh yeah it really kind of frightened me a bit um shout out to everybody who came and showed love for getting grown yes. we got a lot of love sister thank you. and it was really beautiful um thank y'all for not being weird you know what i'm saying i appreciate that um Cause people be weird yes. sometimes. Um, so everybody was just like beautiful and black and loving and supportive. And it was really nice to meet uh, a lot of the support that we get. We wouldn't have a show without it. Um, but uh, what was I about to say to you? I've been seeing a lot of stink pieces online oh as it pertains to, um, as it pertains to, Juneteenth and the celebration thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if 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 black people want to come together, no matter what region, and can recognize, again, I think we talked about this before, what what it stands for, and to make sure that we reflect on what Juneteenth stands for, the history of it. We continue to teach that to our children and don't um, lose sight of what the intention behind it really is. I don't think there's any issue with us coming together as a people. Um, I did see a post, I did see a good post that I, I posted myself around capitalism, black capitalism around Juneteenth and making sure that we reflect on what that represents and how we don't want to feed into that system, that system in which is what caused all of this in the first place, yes. right? So I think I think thoughtful pieces um, and thoughtful, um, yeah, thoughtful pieces are really good because they help us to reflect on these things. But then there are a lot of sh- hot, shitty takes oh, from people well, around about now? who can celebrate Juneteenth and how it should only be people from Texas and Louisiana and literally gatekeeping online who should be able to celebrate this. I understand us being frustrated with white people getting the day off. I don't think there's anything wrong with that frustration. But to gatekeep black people who want to recognize and join in on and also reflect on what this is because we're still in a certain place in this world you know what i'm saying and politically and all of those things and our humanity is 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 never um valued when it comes to this system into this world and all of these different things right so what is wrong with that branching out and making sure that that information gets to children from New York and gets to children from DC and gets to children from Washington state and, and Milwaukee 
and and LA and wherever else you've got black children all over this country and all over this world, right? Because we this need we need to be talking about world instances and what's going on. We need to know what's happening with black people as a diaspora. Yes. You know, historically and otherwise, because that is what's going to bring us to our full connection, right? And so this is where you don't realize the divide that you're causing um, when you try to gatekeep something like this that actually should be recognized and should be reflected on. And I just thought that that was really disappointing to see um, around around a time when we need to be more reflective, yeah. right? I, I thought that was really... Now, if y'all want to go, you know, utilize capitalism on July 4th, have the fuck at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Juneteenth, let's, you know, let's try to unify and like really, really be intentional about why why this is a holiday and what it really means for us and what it's really meant in the past and what it means for the future and presently and so forth and so on. So I just wanted to... Thank you, sis. But that's it. I'm um I have nothing else. I'm I don't care about Soldier Boy or whoever. Are you listening? Chris so Brown. Listen. Um <laughs> same. But uh I did sort of get a tweet. I thought several people have tweeted me asking me about Drake. And I Oh, Drake and the Pose album. Yes. Yeah, what about it? Now, you know, I don't particularly Drake, but... <laughs> I don't Drake. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, and I was just floored. Like, why all of a sudden you guys asking me if I... If it's something that y'all think that I would... If I should listen to it, if there's something that is... So, yeah, I guess I'm asking, asking a question and would love if you guys can sort of let me know because I wasn't <laughs> expecting as many people to hit me about it as have oh. and I'm just curious as to like Nobody why of all of the times that Drake has put out an album and I have literally <laughs> never commented on one of them why <laughs> this album specifically <laughs> y'all want to know if I feel some sense of um, interest or obligation I... to listen I'm just like well where did that come from but I will hear the songs as they come. I heard like one song because when I heard that it was a, a Pose soundtrack, I was like, well, I loved the Pose soundtrack. That was all oh, of I my Oh, I didn't jams. know that that's what that so, was. Well, I, no, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> they, were just, they were just saying that Drake has entered. Um, oh, he's in a different this, sound. A different sound. You know, he, you know, you know, every. You know, every Drake iteration is different, right? For a while, he was Caribbean. Then he was British. Uh, <laughs> Afrobeats. Um, okay. You know, there's like so many different Drakes, right? Um, which is fun. I love to see people... Uh, Play. Explore. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't Drake. Has Drake had a couple of bops where I'm like, this is a bop? Sure. Yeah, of course. I'd be a hating-ass bitch not yeah. to say that. But... Also, I don't Drake regularly. So I went and I listened to the album. And I said, well, I'm actually kind of offended y'all called this a Pose album because I enjoyed the Pose album. Yes. I, I Or the soundtrack, should I say, not the album, the soundtrack. So, you know, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where we'll leave it. Let's journey on um, into the next segment. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call. Text or chat 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Welcome back to the kitchen table, everybody. Um, I am very excited. You all know how I am as a human being. Um, I'm very, very excited to introduce our illustrious guests this week. Kanika, Kanika, please introduce yourself to the people and tell us a little about yourself and then we'll get into convo. Hey y'all, so my name is Kanika. Um, introduction, I am a professional organizer located in Atlanta, Georgia. I have a professional organizing business, Tidied by K. Um, I am a dog mom, I have two fur babies and uh, I don't know, I think that's a good little intro. Yes. So y'all already know why we're here. We're here to talk about organization and cleaning and wherever that conversation leads us. But I just want you all to know how elated I am to have Kanika here at the kitchen table um, to talk about one of my very favorite subjects. (laughs) Agreed. And I just have to say that I am, you know, this show is all about adulting. I think I never knew how, how, organization and skills to sort of uh, properly categorize and compartmentalize and clean and organize. These are like major keys for real adults, right? Mm -hmm. And there are many people who are like me who are not naturally inclined to to sort of have these sort of proclivities, right? So I think of like, we talk all the time about one of the things that I sort of say is that, you know, I, I, I realized, you know, probably around the age of 25 that my linen closet would never look like my mama's. And while there was freedom in that revelation, um, I can say that, you know, the more stuff I accumulate, I have really found great peace in learning how best to organize it for me. And so it doesn't have to look like my mama's, but it has to work for me. So I would love to hear from you as a professional organizer, right? Um, what about this work uh, called you? Like, is this, is this something that you've always sort of just been able to do? Or was this <laughs> something that you, like a skill that you have honed over over time, um, which has sort of led you on, on this pathway. So talk, talk to us a little bit about how you, you, you've grown into this developing this business. Yeah, I think it's probably been like a innate, like 
curiosity that I just want my things to look neat. I want to figure out how I can make it the neatest space for me so I can function in it. Um, I think, you know, growing up, my mom was very in tune with you need to keep a tidy space. You need to have a clean home. Um, every, you know, New Year's Eve, we weren't doing any of the party things. We was, you know, scrubbing the baseboards with the toothbrush. Like she would say, mm -hmm. you don't go into a new year with mm -hmm. a dirty home. And so like, it's just like this thing that we would do. Um, house couldn't be unkept. If she came home from a long day of work and it wasn't kept, we was all getting around to something. So like, uh -huh. it was just a matter of like, you take care of the space that you're in. Um, and I just took a liking to it. None of my other siblings have like this joy around organizing their closet or, you know, folding the, the laundry. <coughs> like that was my thing. Um, but it was something that was ingrained in all of us that you need to make sure that you're caring for your home. I think I just kind of took to it a little bit more than my siblings did. So you, you and I were able to share a little time before we recorded mm -hmm. Um, because I was late, I was working on. Oh no, <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm really um, because I'm usually. And you shared a, a um a funny actually, <laughs> but also informative bit of your background also in your childhood as it pertains to organization and cleaning. Can we talk about that a little bit because that actually tickled me. <laughs> yeah. So I was sharing. So me and my sister, we are eleven months apart. So. Um, a lot of our friends nice. growing up were, you know, similar in age. And so instead of doing two separate sleepovers or two separate get togethers, my parents often would just do one big thing and yeah. my friends would be there. My sister's friends would be there. But I, my dad, I'm sure thought I was crazy because I would have <laughs> the biggest temper tantrums. Like I don't want people touching my stuff. I don't want you to move my pillow. I don't want you to move my Barbie doll. If I had it on the kitchen set, don't move it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it too long. Like I would spaz out and my dad would look at me like, are you okay? Like calm, <laughs> like literally calm down. And I would like be in tears. Like, I don't want them touching my stuff. They keep moving. Like, and he would just be like, girl, like we could put it back when they go. It is fine. <laughs> so like, I would just spaz out and my, I think my dad probably thought something was wrong with me because it was always things like that where I'm like, just please don't touch it. Like mm -hmm. I would come home from school and he would have moved like my shoes. And I'm like, why did you move my shoes? Like things mm -hmm. like that. And my dad would just be like, mm. <laughs> like calm down. But now as an adult, when I show him the things that I'm doing for my clients, I think now it he still doesn't quite understand the organizing industry as a whole. He's Jamaican. Mm -hmm. He lives in Jamaica. He, mm -hmm. he just isn't that aligned <laughs> to it. But mm -hmm. when I show him the work, he's like, I get it now. Um, like, I yeah. get why you would spaz or like why you didn't want people messing with your things. It's because this is something that like you really you're really aligned to. Like, this is something you're really passionate about. Um, and so that's just kind of like. I've always had this skill, this joy around organizing, cleaning, having a tidy space. And so it's just followed me throughout the years. I love okay. that you that you talked about your your upbringing. Right. Because I think one thing that I've always sort of said and celebrated about being a black a black woman is that like cleanliness is very much 
we are all sort of, we all came up, like you saw Jade and I were shaking our heads talking mm-hmm. about cleaning the baseboards on New Year's Eve. It's just like a, it's a cultural, a cultural practice. Do. Cleanliness mm-hmm. is, is, in, is ingrained in who we are right. as, as a people. And that's something that I'm very, very proud of. Um, what have been some of your, uh, like, like favorite transformation stories. Cause I think oh. one of the things I love, like even watching your page, just sort of seeing the transformation, people really being overwhelmed and really, cause I know for myself when my space is cluttered, like I can't think mm-hmm. I'm distracted. It really is often a reflection of my mental and emotional state when, <laughs> when, when my house is looking a mess, mm-hmm. but you know, there's so much power and peace and really learning and understanding how to transform your space for the better. Tell us a little bit about some of your, favorite transformation stories if you have any of course I have some so I think my biggest (laughs) like my biggest joy around the transformation is like seeing the client's reaction reaction at the end of the work like in Mm -hmm. in the beginning like they're a little nervous there may be shame around it around reaching out um to a complete stranger from the internet to come into your Mm -hmm. home and see the, the dishes in the sink or whatever the case may be. Like there's shame around it. And then you get into their space and then there's a lack of trust still because they're not really sold. Like they paid you the money and they want the mm-hmm. help, but they're not truly sold that you can help them specifically with their space because mm-hmm. their stuff is so much worse than people, right? Not true, but that's what they tell themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it's the end mm-hmm. of the project where like they see it and they're like, you did it. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you did it. Like, this is literally your stuff. You had to make the decision on if it got to stay or if it got donated or trashed. Mm-hmm. You let me know how your routine is, your day-to-day routine. And you trusted the process enough for me to come in and do the thing that I do well. And it's their reaction at the end. So mm-hmm. pretty much all of my clients or all of the transformations, I get that level of like joy that I was able to help them. For me, Mm -hmm. more specifically, it's the clients who are like chronically disorganized or may struggle or may have like hoarding tendencies. It's those Mm -hmm. projects because they, to the outside eye, like people who are not within like what I do, they always have like these judgments or like these preconceived notions of like these people are dirty or how could you Mm -hmm. live like that or whatever the case may be. Um, And a lot of times I understand that there are other things under a other underlying things that kind of create that living environment for people. Um, Mm -hmm. So knowing that I'm a part of those journeys and like getting them from like point A to point B, those are, I think are like my more exciting transformations for sure. So give us a little, give, we don't want your secrets because this is your business is your bread and butter, but give us a little insight into your process when you get into a space and how you start getting yourself set up mentally before you, cause I'm sure you have to do that before you just dive in. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out how I want to like navigate it. So for me, I, when I can, when I walk in a space, I, it's literally like a puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm like piecing it together as I'm viewing the space. So I typically can see the solution or see like the end of the mm-hmm. space. Um, when I walk in the space, I know, like clients, they're like, I don't, I don't know how you're going to make it work. Or, you know, it's been like this for mm-hmm. years. So good luck, sis. And I'm like, I definitely can handle it. It's more so a matter of um, 
seeing the space and really understanding how the client needs to navigate that space or how they want that space to function for them. Um, mm-hmm. But really, the process is getting rid of um, the stuff that's, that doesn't serve or that is not intentional within the space. Purge. And so mm-hmm. you really have how to do... Often, how often do you say we ought to be purging? Because this is where <laughs> I get the rule. This is where I have to be honest, where I, I, I struggle because I don't like to part with my belongings. You understand? <laughs> it's just honestly... But I recognize it's, it's important. It's, it's really a process of like, Understanding how the space needs to operate um, and being intentional about all of the things that are in that space. So if you're thinking about like your closet, obviously, you know, your closet needs to store your clothes. Are your clothes accessible? Are the Mm -hmm. systems in the space practical? Is it Mm -hmm. easy for you to get the clothes? And if Mm -hmm. you are like, oh, my God, there's like, you know, too many hangers on this rod. Can you realistically get rid of some of the things to lighten the the ease or to make it easier for you to get your things without missing the things that you're purging? Yeah. Mm. And more okay. times than not, more times than not, you can get rid of stuff that you're like, I've n- I haven't worn this in five years. Even a year. Even a year. Not in a pandemic, but even a year. If you find yourself like... That's where I get... This is where I get tripped up, right? Because it's like the pandemic, it's like we're living in some sort of alternate universe, right? So (laughs) I feel like there was life before the pandemic, right? And now we're sort of in the pandemic and and we're slowly, I speak for myself, slowly creeping around outside ever so slightly. But... (laughs) recognizing that hopefully in the future we will have some sense of outside again. And it's like, you know, I know for me, I transitioned from working out of the office every day to now working from home. And it's like, do I need these work clothes? Well, what happens if I get rid of the work clothes and then get a different job and need work clothes again? Like, I'm like, it's just all of this back and forth about what, what to do. It's the hypotheticals that we create, right? So we are creating mm. tons of hypotheticals of what if, all, all of these scenarios that are likely not to happen. And if they are going, to, if they do, for whatever <laughs> chance they do happen, is it going to be a deal breaker for you to replace the few items that you got rid of? Mm-hmm. If it creates an easier space to live and function in mm. for the time being. Mm. What's the largest space you've transformed? Oh, I've done like entire home projects. So we've done like a 10,000. I want to know the smallest. The 10,000 square foot home. Um, and that that was massive. So that was a big project. Um, and when I say done it, I mean we um, fully decluttered the entire home, organized the entire home. Um, and we've done like move management projects where we fully pack up the old home. Mm-hmm. handle the move with the movers, mm-hmm. unpack mm-hmm. the new home and organize the new home. Um, so like we do the full thing. I'm intrigued. Um, in yes. terms of like getting your home um, together. I really like the moving one, especially when we get to unpack because there's mm-hmm. no room for you to mess it up because we set right. it up when you just you get, get to create in there. systems. Yeah, for we people. create the systems and we're not mm-hmm. going behind you to revamp something that you've already done that didn't work well. So now I you really keep like saying, those ones. You keep, I'm so sorry. I'm, 
And I'm sorry about that too. Um, you keep saying we. Mm-hmm. So do you have a team? How does how does Tidied by K work? Tell us about it's, it. Yeah, so it's four of us. Um, I have three assistants who come with me on all of the projects that we're doing, and that just makes it so that we can get the projects done, obviously mm-hmm. faster, more efficient, mm-hmm. when there's just not one person, me, Absolutely. doing all of the things. Um, so yeah, it's four of us. Now we are actively growing, which is good. That's exciting. But mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of, we get in, we get out. And I know you're based you in sp- Atlanta. Oh, my bad. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go I know ahead. you're based in Atlanta, right? Uh-huh. So is this, are your services s- local to that area? Or if I'm, you know, living in the DMV, uh, could I could I still uh, patronize your business? Or yeah. like, how does that work? Yeah, we travel. Um, this year we've done... North Carolina, we've done Florida. Um, last year, we did California. We did a couple of other states, but we'd be going all over the place in terms of getting people organized as long as the client is willing to have us in the space um, and have us travel out to them. Oh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Wait, so if I want to do a cross-country move, I need to contact Tidy by <laughs> K because y'all have the tools Wait, that I And this unpacking situation, let me tell you something. I vowed to myself changing. several years ago that I I got out of the space where I was like, we, we're not doing no more pizza and beer parties. You know what I'm saying? We I need y'all. I'm, I'm going to hire me some movers. I'm going to let yep. my friends be my friends and yep. I'm going to hire some movers. You have now just elevated to where I'm not even going to unpack myself any longer. No. <laughs> I, yeah. I want somebody to come in and create <laughs> systems for me. Okay, so tell us, as we're talking a little bit more about Tidied by K. Um, tell us about some of the things that you offer. If there's promotions, if you've got, uh, online courses, like give us, give our listeners, if somebody's listening right now and they're like, now hold up, I'm very interested, but I want to know what's, what they're, what they're offering. Tell us what you guys are putting out there. So our primary service is the organizing work. So we will fully, we specialize in decluttering. So we'll come to your space. We'll declutter, um, whichever space we're tackling, we'll fully declutter it. We'll organize it for you. Um, mm-hmm. we are offering a new service of decorating now. So we will decorate your spaces as well. Um, oh. and so those are our three primary, uh, services. We'll fully transform the spaces in your home. We'll do your entire home. It really mm-hmm. just kind of depends on the needs of the client, what they're looking for. Um, but then also on top of the decluttering, organizing and decorating, we do the move management as well. So if you're moving, um, we'll pack you up, we'll declutter you, pack you up unpack you organize you in the new spot new spot mm-hmm. um literally like anything as it pertains to like your home mm-hmm. in terms of like adding greater function making it look mm-hmm. and feel nice creating like your own sanctuary that's what we do oh yes i love that you use that word sanctuary that's yes. what a home is to me because mm-hmm. it's too much going on out there so you need to feel good in the space yeah. that you spend the least amount of time in <laughs> Unless, you know, with this pandemic, we've started navigating to more work from home spaces. But if you think about it, before that, we spent most of our time out in the world, whether that be at work or wherever the case. So I think it's super important for us to feel good, not just like, okay, but feel good about the space that they're in. And I love that's what you're offering people. Okay. What about what about anything online? Are you all offering anything? Do you do organizational tips or 
Oh, yeah. That's so my it. Instagram, I have all of the tips and tricks and all the things. So you can follow me on Tidy by K. Um, and that's okay. my handle for all of the social media platforms. So TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, it's all Tidy by K. Um, okay. I do have a free resource. It's teaching you how to fully declutter any mm-hmm. space in your home. Um, really all you need is 30 minutes a day. I think a lot of times people kind of get bogged down with the idea of Mm. decluttering and organizing. It feels like a weekend long extravaganza. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. My guide is showing you that you really just need 30 minutes a day. Um, So that is, you know, a short episode of one of your favorite shows, 30 minutes declutter. And then by the end of the week, you can have fully decluttered spaces in your home if that's your aim. And when you come into the spaces, now let's say that people need certain organizational tools. Do you find your jobs are more than one day jobs because you've kind of got to assess and see what's needed for the space as well? Most of our projects take two to five days. So depending on um, the amount of clutter the client has, the Mm -hmm. big, the size of the space. It just kind of depends on how much time it'll take. But typically, there are about two to five days of us being there to fully declutter, organize, set up the systems um, to get the space, you know, in shape for the client, again, to make them feel better about their home. I have two questions. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, specifically about, like, closets and pantries, right? So I think Mm -hmm. about, um, especially closets. Like, now you have different stores, container store, Ikea, furniture stores, they carry, like, closet management systems, right? But if you're somebody like me, and you have no earthly idea uh, <laughs> what you even need, right? Mm-hmm. I've, many times I've gone into the container store, like I'm finna get my closet management system and have left there completely overwhelmed. So, so like, uh, cause I don't even know like what I need. Like, I'm like, I don't, I have an idea and I have like a picture in mind of what I think my closet could lo- look like, but given the space that I have and the clothes that I have and all that stuff, I don't know if my vision is actually feasible. So is that something that like, you know, you guys will help be able to sort of sit with me and help me actually plan um, uh, like from start to bottom? Yeah. So part of our service, like we are like a boutique in all inclusive (laughs) service. So a client will reach out and say, I'm overwhelmed. This is what my closet looks like. I have way too many clothes. I know I need to declutter, but I don't really know how to declutter. I would like this kind of system, but I don't really know how much money I should be setting aside to budget. Like they'll come to us with all of the struggles. Mm. And as an organizer, I'll, I'll say, okay, well, realistically, I would say based off of your goals, you might want to consider decluttering about 20% of the stuff realistically, based off of the size of the closet and the amount of clothes that you have, I would set aside a budget just for the closet management system of $4,000. We can do this at Container Store if you want the Container Store look, or we can go to Ikea and you Mm -hmm. need to set aside $1,500 because of the pricing differences of the different stores. And they'll say, okay, I want the Container Store um, look. All right, cool. I go Mm -hmm. get pictures. I get measurements of the space. I then go to the, to the container store and map out the closet with them, order everything for you. I pay for it up front. You just reimburse us at the end of the project. We come in, we do the installation. Me and my team will install it. We'll help you declutter the closet space. We'll set the closet up for you. And at the end of day two, you have a fully revamped closet. So wow. in terms of like the boutique service, you're, the only thing you're telling me, the only thing that you're doing is telling me your struggles 
and you're going to be hands on with the decluttering because it's your stuff. Um, but then after that, you can literally leave the house, you know, go on a trip, come back, closet's done. You can feed us. A lot of times our clients are cooking for us and they feed us food. Um, happily. Yes, happily. <laughs> here's, here's lunch um, or bring us our favorite food for lunch. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have a fully revamped space. So mm -hmm. we try to make it as as boutique style, as luxury as we can so that you don't have to stress about the process of getting your home organized because that's why you hired us to come. Do you have a preference as it pertains to store? Or like, I know you'll go with whatever a client wants, right? So if a person is like, I don't want anything from Ikea in my home, I know you're like, okay, girl, well, if that's what you want to pay for, that's what I'll provide. But if we talking to Kanika right now, is there a, it, I know you can make anything work. Do you have a preference? Is there a brand? Is there a. I typically honestly stay um, with like the container store just because mm -hmm. they typically have they all of the things. In. Right. right. They have all the things. It's easy to shop. The quantity is easy to get. Ikea be playing as much as I want to be <laughs> like, yes, Ikea, yes. but y'all, they be playing true. so hard yes. with the inventory. So and um, things be out of stock for months, for weeks, months. years. So, we don't have time. So, but yeah, I typically will go to um, Container Store. I do like Home Goods. Like they're coming up with the with all the things. It's just the quantity. Sometimes you yeah. can never get however many you need. Um, mm -hmm. But honestly, my clients, they'll, I'll, you know, we create Pinterest boards so that I have an understanding of the aesthetic they like, and then mm -hmm. we also align on a budget and with their aesthetic and the budget. That's where I shop. Because then you can piecemeal mm. also. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I've never thought about boutique organization. No, it makes such a difference. Right? It, and I, I mean, I'm thinking, because, you know, like, I bought a home a couple years ago. And I have to be honest, full disclosure, this is a safe space and your judgment will not be welcome. But I thank you so much. <laughs> so, uh I love, like, you know, the, the closet. It's really been over, overwhelming for me to think about this because I think you know and I'm not a DIY girl I'm not a girl that can sort of you know I have all the Pinterest boards and I have an idea in my mind of what I want to do but when it comes to execution I be all thumbs and so even still two years later I'm very slowly figuring out how I want things done but just to have someone to partner with in this process who is experienced and can say okay well maybe not that but possibly this um, just takes the, just takes all of the pressure yeah. off. Um, but I'm curious, I, I recognize Working. and I respect, and I probably will be fully taking advantage of this boutique experience before, for our listeners who may be in rental properties <laughs> or who, who may, who may, you know, are not sure if they have, or even, you know, ready for a boutique experience, but want to slowly but surely start to make some changes is there is there um, some starting points or things that some ideas, um, you know, outside of your your free resource, which folks should absolutely take advantage of. But like I think about I think I want to get started with organizing my home, but I don't know where to start. What would you say to to that person? Decluttering is free. A lot of times, a lot of time, it's not the spending the money on the service provider. Right. I know I'm I know I'm a pretty penny. Right. To, for mm -hmm. me to come to organize in your home, I have a team, I have expenses like 
it costs me money to be at your home. So yes, I have to charge for it, but decluttering and getting rid of the stuff that is currently taking up valuable space that's not serving you, that's not intentional, that costs no money. Um, Salvation Army, um, you know, what is it? A kidney, Not even Goodwill. The, there are organizations, nonprofits that will schedule pickups Mm, um, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get the things out of your home. So the furniture, Habitat for Humanity, like there's ways to get your stuff out of your home if that's your hangup, right? Like Mm -hmm. if it's, if we're thinking about like bigger things, you can load up your car and take it to a junk removal, pay the $20 Mm -hmm. it costs for you to, um, you know, dispose of it responsibly. Like there are ways to declutter your home in a way that is not, expensive in a way that feels good to you um Mm -hmm. that is still creating space part like the biggest compliment we get on day one when we are wrapping up and cleaning up in our client space is we feel lighter like oh the Mm -hmm. energy just feels different all of a sudden the energy feels different it ain't Mm -hmm. us it's the fact that we have gotten so much of that dead stuff out of your home or that stuff that was weighing you down out of your home and that you could do yourself and it's not, you're not bringing any strangers into your home. You're not paying thousands of dollars to do that. You are just doing it yourself and your home will feel lighter. You'll feel better just by getting rid of stuff. So if that's your hang up of, Oh, I want to get my home together. I want to get my home organized. Just look around and see what you can get out of your home. Mm -hmm. And to your point, there are a ton of organizations there's churches. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. trans organizations. There's all types of organizations. You can even sell it. Of Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. If you've got, you know, uh, high down end to stuff the that eBay you don't want to donate. That is anything mm-hmm. else. Consignment yeah. shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got housing works here. If you, like you said, for furniture and things like that, if you're looking for bigger things. So you're absolutely right. And, there, and let me tell y'all something there is nothing wrong with putting something on the street because there is always somebody. There is always a DIY human out there who will look at it and think about all of the ways that they want to refurbish. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's also an option. Kanika, we're super grateful for you coming and sharing some of your tips with us and sharing your time. Um, One more time before in your business, before we head out, is there anything that you want to leave the people with? And also one more time, tell them where to find you. So you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest. It's Tidied by K. Um, I'll spell it as T-I-D-I-E-D-B-Y-K, um, Tidied by K. And then, honestly, I think my biggest message when I started my business, I said I wanted to be the black version of Marie Kondo. Um, mm-hmm. And I really want, especially our community, to feel like your home is your sanctuary and like your refuge from the outside world. And you have all of the... Um, the onus is on you to make that happen. And it's definitely possible for you to create your own sanctuary. Um, and so that's really my message behind Tidied by K and what we're doing for our clients. So, um, yeah, that's it. We'll have all of that information in the description box. If you are looking to find Kanika and her services, uh, whether that be her tips, but also make sure you all spend your coins with black businesses, especially black women businesses. We're super grateful for you coming 
and taking uh taking the time to talk with us and we can't wait to see tidy by k in all the cities honey as you expand we can't wait to see black marie condo the black marie condo that's the goal the black marie condo (laughs) i be calling myself the black julia child so we here keisha (laughs) not marie condo exactly (laughs) (laughs) thank you kanika you're amazing so grateful. Thank you for your services to the world, getting this junk out of our houses, girl. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you all for the next segment. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I deserve It's time for Black Woman Self-Care. Um, and my Black Woman Self-Care, so I talked to you all a little bit in the beginning about going to the Basquiat exhibit. Um, That was a really, it was a really, really, really good time. Um, I thought that his family did a beautiful job. I didn't even, I don't think I knew all of the history um, behind, I knew Basquiat's background, but I don't think I really understood how, his legacy has been able to be sustained so long. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was really dope that his family, um, starting with his father, actually, are the ones who were really intentional about about maintaining his legacy. And another very interesting point that I learned at the exhibit was that his father was really protective of his legacy, which you can understand when you have a family member who passes Mm -hmm. um, of a particular way and the narratives um, that can surround that. Um, And he wanted to make sure that his son's legacy was protected um, and that he was honored in the way that he saw him. And I thought that was really beautiful. Uh, His sisters, and then as he, you know, he kind of set his sisters up to let them know that they were going to be in charge of the um what's the what's it called uh the estate uh, the estate going forward and his nieces and his nephews and his sisters are all very intricate in continuing to maintain that legacy. So I was really excited to go in and be able to see that. I thought it was really dope that they used a lot of his personal pieces. They did a um they did an exhibit of one of the rooms included um uh, demo. Uh, what's the, what? Why can't I get my words together? Okay, take like a, a of what his studio looked like. What's mm. it called? A recreation of his studio. Is it a diorama. Um. Yeah. Uh, no, because a diorama is small, right? Oh yes, I got excited. I thought you said I. I, I just heard you say a diss something, and I got excited. Don't don't look mind. at me. Like a uh, a re. It was a recreation. A dramatization. It was a recreation of his studio of and what that looked like. From furniture oh to clothing, um, and it had all uh, you know his original pieces all throughout. His father never allowed sold his original pieces, mm. so it has his original pieces, 
and it was just it was it was just a really well done exhibit and so you know it was also a beautiful example of a black family coming together and making sure that they maintain the legacy of a, of a of an ancestor of a family member who has since passed and really doing it in a very thoughtful and intentional way so um I just wanted to share that if you are in New York or uh, are traveling here anytime soon, I highly recommend. And if this is your thing, because some people may be like, girl, I don't care. <laughs> but I highly recommend um, that you go to the to the immersive exhibit. And there's also a Spotify playlist attached that has and they're different. It's different um, playlists. There's one of music that he worked that he would often play that was often heard from his apartment down in the village. Uh, Great Jones uh, that you hear coming from the windows. And then it was a playlist of what his parents would play while he was growing up um, and music that they would play in the house from his childhood. It's four different playlists of that they have attached to the exhibit so it was just really beautiful and really intentional and i just wanted to share that as my black woman self-care i was really happy to go to that um and be able to experience it that sounds like an amazing cultural experience and my black woman self-care is not as uh cultured or uh, i'm just gonna be very honest but i had some i took some time and spent some good quality time at the beauty supply store. You know, sometimes you just need a trip mm. down to the beauty supply. Yeah, Yeah, you do. do. And I mean, not because you're looking for something specific, but just to sort of go up and down the aisles and just be inspired by what you see there. The beauty supply store is such a cultural experience. It really is. And there's just some sort of healing, therapeutic thing Mm -hmm. that, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just very like, you know, I'm having a great day. Let me let me shoot on in here and just get some, you know, just see what lashes. If you need a new bonnet, you're looking for shower caps. You know what I'm saying? Shower caps, little essentials. I needed to get some scrunchies. You know, I haven't had a ponytail in a long time, so I needed to get some scrunchies. And let it swing, okay? You know what I'm Jane saying? So, like, you know, little yes. things that you needed to do. And I have to tell you that I haven't been to Beauty Supply in so long, but I spent some time at Beauty Supply store, and I felt so much better after leaving there yeah. because, you know, nowadays, you know, you can get anything at the Beauty Supply. You never know what you're going to come across. Mm-hmm. They got outfits and wigs i mean any any kind of thing i mean that's always been but and i'm actually a little disappointed in you sister because you said your black woman self-care wasn't as i'm sorry culture you're right right. as culture as mine but honestly black a a beauty supply visit i'm not gonna say because beauty supply stores are often not black owned true indeed um there are those that exist but but the beauty supply store yes is a black experience very much so it can lift and you used to be able to get those chinese cult- slippers lip gloss yes, everything i felt like culturally mm-hmm. at home there was an alignment mm-hmm. in yes. the in the beauty supply store that i have to say that i have not allowed myself to experience in far too long and i'm going to make sure that i'm going to 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 reintegrate regularly scheduled mm-hmm. trips to the beauty supply store back into my routine mhm 
Because no, we're not talking if, about Sally's. Yes. Even if I don't buy anything. And you know, I, you, I, the pandemic, I had just gotten accustomed to just ordering things online or, you know, mm-hmm. but there's something in just sort of putting my mask on and going down to be supplied, just going up and down the aisles, enjoying myself. Absolutely. And that's what I did. I want to own, you know, my grandmother used to own a beauty supply store. You know, there are, we should have something. We should, because there are, like, there are black women-owned beauty supply stores. And I think that we should do. There's actually one, not to, you know, in my neighborhood, um, it's black-owned. And it's also, the girl, well, when I learned about it, I think last year, was 16 or 17. So it was a young black owner of a beauty supply store. Um, And when I realized, you know, it wasn't far I took a walk up there and bought myself. I didn't even need anything, but I went and bought some shower caps just yeah. to support when I learned that this girl had this beauty supply store. We should, so, and I, I feel like there's got to be, we need to start a directory. Is there a listserv? We should have, we should amplify. I, black-owned uh, uh, beauty supply stores, I feel like we should make that a thing somehow, some way. Let's think, let's think through that. I agree. I agree. Well, that is our black woman self-care. Let's head on over to these petty peeves. Oh, they do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. Okay. So petty peeves. I told Kia in the trash that I wanted to talk about this petty peeve. Um, And I mean in the trash, excuse me, in the pre-show. Got to get on Patreon for that. Um, along with some other really beautiful information. So you guys make sure that you head on over there. But so I went to this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful production. Again, if you want to hear more about that production, you got to log on into the Patreon. But it was a Juneteenth celebration. Okay. Uh, And when I tell you it was so intentional and so beautiful, so beautifully done. Um, but there was a part of it that <laughs> I felt ways about. So uh, they had um, sort of uh, an ancestor altar call, right? So mm. it's a Juneteenth celebration, intentionally honoring ancestors, what this means, a celebration of black people in our spirits. Uh, all of that, but in it was obviously uh, a mixed crowd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they gave, you know, they asked uh, many in the audience to come up if they had ancestors that they would like to address at the altar call, or however I might be saying that wrong, but you get the gist. Mm-hmm. Well. I watched a shit ton of white people get up and get on this line. They went, oh, that, so they asked you to bring a flower for you to leave it on the altar. That's what it was. They gave out uh, roses or whatever. And the concept was beautiful. The idea was beautiful. The intention was beautiful. What I was baffled at was the, audacity and I don't know why I continue to be baffled in certain circumstances I guess because it just literally is never gonna sit right in my spirit so I'm always gonna be like what the fuck but I was baffled at the amount 
of white people who came, come, observe, reflect, and understand what all of this stuff means for us, right? But you have to learn how to sit there, and y'all don't know how to do that. And when it comes time for, why would you come to a (sighs) Juneteenth celebration and when there is an altar call for ancestors, go and honor your ancestors at a Juneteenth celebration when your ancestors are the ones who did this. Y'all love to throw out the, we didn't do it. Why do you blame us? Why? Well, you're acting as if I'm the one who created slavery. I've never had a slave. In this particular instance, I can say, but your ancestors did. Mm, mm. So why would you march your ass up to an ancestor altar call at a Juneteenth celebration to honor your ancestors that caused this shit in the first fucking place? And I was just, and this shows you how beautiful the space and the actual uh, production was, the show itself and all of that. Like it shows you because I still walked away from it being very fed and like very like this is I really loved I didn't know what to expect but I really loved what I just walked into but that particular that particular aspect of it which again is not of any control of anybody if you have an audience and a call and response sort of situation going on you can't I'm sure it's gonna you're gonna mess up your whole thing trying to be like "Uh uh-uh white people sit down (laughs) I would probably mess up my whole thing and be like, white people sit down, but that's just me. I'm reckless. But I was just baffled at the audacity of so many of them who got up and put them roses on that damn altar for their evil-ass, wicked-ass ancestors. If you have evolved out of that thinking and you want to educate yourself and your children and so forth and so on, you should. But don't honor the motherfuckers who did this. Your people did this. I think that, you know, part of me, as you're talking, part of me, I don't want to say hopes, but I I want to believe that this is just another, uh, I mean, this happened because they don't understand. uh, Yes, it was ignorance. It was pure ignorance. Right. And so I think for a long time, um, there are many white people who haven't, haven't really ever had to understand some of the uh, Hmm. contextual history and nuance and you know they don't they they don't have to think about things um, and they're they're just not accustomed to to not centering themselves Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. seeing everything through their own lens or and applying it to them and and, you know they've just never had to so they don't know how to do it Um, and it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, even the spaces that we create for ourselves are hmm. often co-opted by mm-hmm. by people who, even in their good intention, don't realize the ways in which they, they take over <laughs> everything that they yeah. do, you know? Yeah. 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 It's true. And it's and like... And then you've got... Mm, no. No, keep going, sorry. No, it's just like it's just it's just it's very it's hard to sort of situate situate yourself. I'll speak for myself. It's hard for me to situate myself in that because as someone who, you know, 
is an educator and, you know, my work is very much a, around sort of educating and opening up these concepts and ideas for people so that they can improve their practice. Mm-hmm. There's just a level of exhaustion that comes from having to explain and teach and, and you know, bring white folks along in everything. And mm-hmm. I say that very mm-hmm. humbly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I say that. You know, not to dismiss the importance of the work, right? But it's like, you know, at what point do we just get to create spaces that are solely made for us, and where we don't have to qualify or contextualize or explain? Um, and why is it okay for everyone else to have their space, their time? But folks feel entitled to to everything that we do in a particular sort of way. Yes. Yes. And it's like, yes, you don't even realize that even those things is just another way in which you guys fail to honor our humanity. You don't even hold Hmm. sacred. You don't honor the things that we hold sacred. What is sacred to Hmm. us doesn't mean anything to you. And that is it's a it's a sad reality that we have to to live and negotiate. Um, it and- is. And I think you you said it best because, again, yes, I know, uh, I know in all sincerity that not every single person who presents as white in this world, you're, not everybody was, ancestor was a slave owner, but I think you said it, but a lot of y'all was. And <laughs> I also think you said it right in the sense where um it's more about honoring the humanity and the experience of a particular people and not centering yourself within that right i recognize that as a woman and as a as a single woman as you know whatever my identity is i recognize that there are certain spaces that i won't have access to there are certain spaces where i will not uh it, it is it would not be in in good taste or in my best interest or in anybody's interest for me to just sort of show up and, and, and be in that Sister. space because it's not my space. I own and recognize I that. I want to do drag, you know but I'm saying? not like, going to do it. This is what I'm saying. There are, <laughs> there are spaces where I know that, you know, and I, and I respect, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I have mm-hmm. a lot of respect for things and I have so much respect that I know that there are things that because of the body that I am in that I just don't have access to. Even as a woman, right. like I'm a woman with a short haircut and I have gone and, and sat in barbershops and been a part of that whole scene. And I'm mm-hmm. fully aware that even though I, as a woman, can absolutely patronize a barbershop, can can go mm-hmm. there for myself or for my family member, someone in my family, whether it be a child or a partner or what have you, I can be there. But I also recognize that there are aspects about that cultural space that I don't have access to and I'm not entitled to be there just because exactly. I have a short haircut, just because I'm a black woman. Like there are certain spaces that are not mine. It's just like when I go mm-hmm. in Jay's house and Jay is my sister and, you know, I don't just go up in Jay's refrigerator because that's not my house. I definitely go in Kia's refrigerator, but I don't go lay on her bed. But, you know, I'm just using that <laughs> as an example. I know. I'm just saying that, like, even though I have yes. access to certain spaces, I don't have free reign to just move your around and do You're whatever drawing. I want. Yeah. 
No, I'm not getting ready to go into people's bathroom cabinets. Yes, I do lift your toilet seats up, but that's because you allowed me to pee in your bathroom. Yes. I'm not going to open up your medicine cabinet yes. to see what kind of heart medication you're taking. That's not my business. But it seems like folks mm. just, and white folks specifically, they don't even have a consciousness that they are in people's no. refrigerators. Like <laughs> You no. are in somebody's cabinets. No. You are looking at somebody's pocketbook. And this is not your place, girl. It's not. No. And you're not entitled no. to every space. I know you, you're accustomed to walking around and living and existing in a world where don't nobody tell you no. But there are certain spaces that are not yours. And I just want you to respect that is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's it. But we're a long way. And as we are in the second uh, year of this of, of, of this federal holiday, um, we're going to continue to see mm. uh, those shenanigans throughout the years. And hopefully, <laughs> big hopeful, big hopeful. Um, there will be a time, you know, I'll probably be dead, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, there will be a time when, <laughs> um, you know, maybe the clue has been, has been gotten, but you know, I don't know when that's going to come because the clue ain't been gotten all this time. <sighs> My petty peeve is really petty, very brief. When I was leaving the concert, I went to the, I went to see Kirk Franklin at the Capitol Center, Capitol One Center in D.C. I had a, an amazing time with my friends. It's an amazing show. Yes. If, you, if you still have the opportunity to see Kirk Franklin in Maverick City on tour, you should definitely do that. It'll be a good, good investment in your spirit, you will leave and you will feel amazing. I would love to see Plies live. Oh my God. I can't wait. You would have so much fun, Jade. I'm not even kidding. But um, I feel like I would. I think you would. I think, uh, but I will say that, you know, just generally speaking, we talk about this as it relates to airplanes and, and other things. But I have to say this, okay? I just wish that we would all adopt a much more efficient model of, hmm. of entering and exiting places. So... Mm. Uh, you know, I was sitting on the floor and it's like, I just feel like when we were in school, I feel like there were ways that we were all instructed to file out of a room. There were. Uh, but in our adult haste and everybody knowing everything and everybody rushing to hurry up and wait, right? So the concert ends and everyone just bombards the exit. And I just feel like if we were to like, like, if all the people on the floor will wait until all the people on the mezzanine leave before mm -hmm. they rush to the door, then things are just far less congested. And in this in this economy, much more uh, safe. Um, and so, like, at every exit in the Capital One Center, there were literally, like, these pools of people looking like roaches or ants coming out of the <laughs> anthill. And I'm just like, this is dumb. And I just feel like we are all smarter than this. There's a much more efficient. And I just feel like, where are the ushers? I the ushers the show us how to yeah. sit down. Why don't they help us leave out of this place so that we don't kill ourselves or each like, other trying home. to get back to the parking lot, girl? The let out of a concert. I always leave on the last song because I cannot deal with the let out of concerts like it is a mess basketball games concerts it just sends my anxiety games, through the roof. all of that 
Yeah, no, nah, I last song, girl. I'd be like, oh, I will hear the rest of this on the way out. Cause I literally, and go. I said that, and I was like, so we missed the last song. So my thing was like, listen, I don't have a problem sitting right here in this seat until this is less congested. Cause mm. what is the point of us standing around or here? That. I will literally, I literally sat in my seat. I will sit down and wait other. until you niggas get it together. Because I'm not finna just be standing around in the congestion looking stupid. Because I just think we all look and stupid. COVID is still happening. This is what and I'm so, saying. And listen, y'all niggas have, have made it clear that you don't want to wear a mask. And that's cool. And I was the um, only person you know, in my section who had the mask on the whole concert. And I just was like, I'm okay with being that girl. It's fine. Yeah, in, in, in the Basquiat exhibit, because it was indoors, me, Noah, and Tristan were the only three. And whatever you niggas choose to do at this point, if I'm outside, I don't, because I just, I'm outside at this point, and I I can't, it's hot. But inside, abso-fucking-lutely. And I will, I will continue to be the only nigga, as long as I still know people who are catching this shit. I, I just... That's just and I mean, I don't want no smoke, you know, and I mean, I did have a snack. So at one point I did take my mask down and sort of eat my food and I put it right back on because I just felt better. You're a human sister. I there was a point in the uh, on the way to Denver where I think we reached that altitude and your girl had a a hard time breathing for like two seconds. Mm -hmm. And so I snatched it off on the plane just so that I could literally get 30 seconds of air without breathing in my own my own breath and then i put you know i put the thing back on we do what we can do at this point right and choices are being made and 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 you just have to let people carry on as they will but i say all that to say mask no mask covid no covid it still doesn't make any fucking sense for it's y'all dumb. to be piling up on each other it's dumb it just and don't. i just feel like we and especially on airplanes it's like it's one door it's one door Mm. out of here so if mm-hmm. you are sitting mm-hmm. in row 33 why are you the first nigga to hit the aisle because where are you going I, why where are you going <sighs> but listen I digress that's my petty peeve it's very petty I just wish that we I wish that the ushers would help us if they, they help us sit down in an orderly fashion I just wish that they would help us exit a place in an orderly fashion as well that's all yeah that's it that's it. And thus concludes this week's episode of Getting Grown. Thanks again to our amazing uh, a guest, yes. Kanika. Listen, we can talk about organization like for the rest of my life. Um, it just helps me to feel better. And I actually feel much better about saying that I'm not good at it, but it's people like Kanika that can help me get my life together. So y'all make sure that you uh, check out uh, her page, get into her free resources. And if you are Absolutely. In the market for some services, help somebody help need someone to help you to get your spaces together in your home. I recommend that you uh, get into this boutique experience because we, if you can afford to pay for convenience, I think you ought to do it because life is too short Absolutely. to be stressed out about these things. Say that again, again. If you short. can afford it, do it. Do like it. Like you'll be doing yourself a giant favor. And Kanika's team sounds like the most professional set of organizers I've ever heard in my life. So make sure you all utilize the resources. All the information will be in the description box. And if you cannot utilize those resources right now financially, make sure you at least check out her tips and tricks Mm -hmm. um, that she has listed on her site and otherwise. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. We know this is a bit of a shorter episode. Again, 
We're having an honesty box mailbag um, coming July. very soon. So yes, Fourth of July. So if you have honesty box questions that you want to get in, go ahead and send those in. We've truncated a little bit this week in honor of the fact that we are still recording on this holiday. And so we deserve to go rest. <laughs> and we didn't want to be long before you. So with that being said, sister, take them out. Tell them what to do. Absolutely. Make sure that in these summer months, as the temperatures rise, you are moisturizing your insides by drinking all of the water that your body can muster. Um, you can never mm-hmm. be too hydrated in this season. Also want to make sure that you're mo- moisturizing your thoughts by minding the business that is yours and yours alone. And most importantly, you want to make sure that you're moisturizing your skin, your black. And by moisturizing, we not only mean like actual moisture, but also sunscreen and protecting yourself from these harmful rays since the ozone layer is a thing of the past. So so make sure that you do that, beloved, because your black will absolutely crack if it's dry. Goodbye. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.